Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today's topic is the ideal asset allocation, at least in my humble opinion. In my podcast yesterday, I argued against a not small cohort who advocate that a portfolio should be 100% in stocks. I've met such people before. I call them optimizers. They reason that since stocks have the best long-term track record, why miss out on some of that profit? They'll patiently ride the ups and downs to riches. But, in response to my argument that real life is bound to upset the best laid plans of these optimizers, be it in employment, health, marital mishaps, or what have you, one listener, TKS88, chimed in on our comments page with a fair question. What then is the ideal asset allocation? Or as he quite intelligently put it, what advice do you give to your children? Well, the following is exactly what I've said to my children. I've told them to aspire to an asset allocation equal weighted among stocks, real estate, and cash. I say aspire because asset values, cash flows, and life circumstances are constantly shifting, so it requires effort to keep one's portfolio looking like this model. But doing so remains the best way to balance risk and reward, with a risk weighting twice that of the safety portion of the portfolio. What that means is that what you will get primarily is growth from your stock and real estate holdings, but the one-third allocation to cash will give you a unique stability that will enable you to handle volatility. By volatility, importantly, I mean two things. First, the volatility of life, which often includes disruptive events in the realm of employment, health, or family matters. And second is the volatility of markets. For all the gnashing of teeth about the so-called cash drag, Having a lot of cash on hand is actually the best way to make a killing when investment opportunity beckons. When housing or stocks crash, cash is king. Now I also make it clear that this formula can be tweaked. For example, ownership of a private business shares many of the same risk characteristics of owning a public one, so your interest in such an enterprise can be included in that one-third allocation to stocks. Similarly, ownership of farmland, while different from residential or commercial property, is related in the sense that land always has some value. It doesn't go to zero. Diversifying within each of these three-thirds only strengthens the resilience of the portfolio. That goes for cash as well. It's a good idea to have something other than just dollars. If you're British, for example, and all your cash holdings, as well as your property and perhaps even stocks, are denominated in sterling, then you've lost a lot of ground since the Brexit vote if you occasionally make purchases in dollars, euros, or Swiss francs. My favorite cash equivalent is gold, because the yellow metal has a long history as the world's reserve currency when crisis occurs. I have a small percentage of my portfolio in a gold ETF. It mostly sits there in an abject trading range, which is fine by me. I'm really only interested in that corner of my portfolio when gold is high and my other cash holdings are low. The point is to have something to sell when your dollars, pounds, or what have you are in the doldrums. I'll conclude with a story, the type I'd share with my children, to drive this all home. I once met a fellow over a decade ago who was moving to Dallas because he could not afford a home in pricey LA. I was struck when he mentioned in passing that his family owned vast tracts of land in a major world city a century ago. If he owned even a portion of that land today, he'd be a multi-billionaire. But when calamity struck, his family was forced to sell its land holdings and its progeny today is a humble guy with a modest income. You see the point here? 
having a portfolio of 100% real estate was no more useful to his family than having a portfolio today that is 100% stocks. The optimizers out there underestimate the pressure they are likely to feel in a tough economic climate or just in the normal course of life. The moral of the story is that you don't attain wealth without ownership of risk-based assets such as real estate and stocks, but you don't preserve that wealth from the blows that time and chance deliver without a large dose of liquidity. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please leave a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others can discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.